Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Welcome to I Work For Him. That's right, listeners. We are so glad you're here. Whatever avenue you're using to listen to today's show, I know that it is going to just be an encouragement to you um, because God has you in a place. He has you um, a stirring in your heart, maybe, of somewhere that you are supposed to serve, but you you maybe don't feel like you have the influence or maybe you don't feel like it's the thing that he's, um, you don't have permission to go do it, whatever God is telling you to do. Um, I think this is a show that will help people, Jim. I really do. I really do as well. I really do too. I almost said do too. <laughs> That's do okay. Too. Okay. All right. So before we get into talking about the topic for the day, I would love for people to really know how to get in contact with us. What's the best way for people to touch base with Jim and Martha from my work for him? Um, come to our house for dinner. Okay. Let's say they're in Fort Myers, Florida. Please let us know. You can contact us on our website, iworkroom.com. We'd love to have you for dinner. We'd love to meet you. Well, that is absolutely the best way to get, to get connected. We get to know people that but way. If you're but not if in Fort Myers. Um, really, Jim, everything pointing back to our website. Um, if you have a favorite social media platform, you can check out our homepage at the bottom to see what links we have there and connect with us there. But it's iworkforhim.com. I work the number for him.com. You know, a lot of us listening, including me, mm-hmm. uh, have aspired to political office. But honestly, as I studied it, I, I studied people, and I always thought I wanted to be a, a U.S. senator. But as I watched people go to Washington, I, I saw no. I saw people just get corrupted by the gr- the garbage there. Yet the problem is, so many Jesus followers have shied away, Martha, from yeah. that opportunity to get involved in politics that we've lost our influence in our country because Christians aren't. Standing up for truth and bringing truth into the political nature, the political sphere. Well, today we're going to talk with Dr. Bruce Cook mm-hmm. about influence and how he's using his influence in his community. He also does it worldwide. I mean, he speaks all over the place. We don't we don't even get a chance to talk about that today with him, but we're but we get a chance to talk with him about him running for local political office, and he gives us the key to standing out among the political crowd. That's right. We don't want to give it away, so they have to listen to the show. But one of the things that um, it just really points out is that, Jim, God has, um, he doesn't want us to shy away from having influence on our culture. And and honestly, in America and abroad, having the um, political influence is a great way to reach our culture. So stay tuned for more, no, for more from us. And get to hear from Dr. Bruce Cook. And of course, this broadcast made possible through a strategic partnership with the TV show God at Work, mm-hmm. which you can see on the Dish Network or also on God.tv. And, and we just are grateful that you guys contact us and connect with us. And just know that today's show made possible from a, pos- a, a strategic partnership. I don't know, Martha, I'm having a hard time my lips today. They're like rented or something. That's okay, Jim. So we're here for God at Work on God TV, and that's God.tv. If people are interested in finding more, and they don't have direct TV, right. um, they can find it online at God.tv. That's right. It's a phenomenal station. All right. Sometimes the work you do makes your life public, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you get to go deep, and sometimes the surface is all you need in order to break open a conversation with someone who's hurting. When you put the quiet sensitive together with the inquisitive, you get Dr. Bruce Cook. When it comes to discussing things of the kingdom and how you and I are supposed to be major influencers in this nation... 
Dr. Bruce Cook gets fired up. He's a theologian, so we'll keep him to that four-syllable or less rule right here in I Work For Him. Dr. Bruce Cook, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim, it's uh, Martha. It's wonderful to be back with you. And just excited to be here with you today. And we do have this rule. If you do use a five-syllable word because you got a doctorate and you're trying to impress people, I will call you out and ask you to explain what that word hey, actually Hey, did you means. know that sometimes you need a five-syllable word not just to impress people, but to actually describe what it is you're wanting to talk about? Well, but we're going to... We're gonna, We'll break it down. So, Dr. Bruce Cook, last time we had you on, we really focused on uh, on the seven mountains of influence and, and really the eighth mountain, which is a, a, an area you've got a lot of expertise. Why don't you just give people just a, a, a little bit about that? Because you wrote a book about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited. Uh, you know, my favorite big word is supercalifragilisticexpialidosis. <laughs> that, one, that one you can say. <laughs> we allow. But we don't know what it means. <laughs> well, go watch Mary Poppins. You know. That's right. That's what right. A, yeah. But the second Mary Poppins didn't sing that song. It's very disappointing. <laughs> We're so, supposed to be influencers, and I think that had to do with influence. Yeah, so the eighth mountain is, uh, well, I like the first syllable, that, that word, super. And so that really, that goes to influence. And... Uh, the supernatural, tapping into the spirit of God, tapping into the power of God, tapping into the dunamis, the exousia of the Holy Spirit, you know, both the power and the authority. You know, if you're if you're a policeman, you know, you have the authority by wearing the badge and wearing the uniform, but you you got the power by carrying the gun, right. you know, and the baton and the taser and all that. So you need both. I taught seventh grade. I thought a... a uh Taser would have been an appropriate thing for a seventh grade teacher at times. But no, listeners, he doesn't teach it anymore. No, so don't and I never use one. No, That's right. Don't no, send no. hate mail. But if you've got seventh graders, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> They're like brilliant okay. ideas. That's Jim. right. That's right. Okay. So, so, doc, so, talk, talk to us about how are you using your influence in your where, where, where are you at? Which part of the country are you in? Seattle, Washington area. Okay. How are you using your influence today in, for the kingdom? Well, I use it, uh, as John Wesley said, uh, do as much good as often as you can, as much as you can, as long as you can, mm-hmm. you know, for as many people as you can. And that's what that's how I feel about influence. And so influence is kind of the sum of your, your network, your relationships, your character, and your resources, you know. And, and so really with influence, you're leveraging all those other things. And so you, it gives you, influence gives you a platform to, um, to uh, speak into other people and to share ideas, to champion uh, ideas, and to champion movements, and sometimes to champion people, uh, particularly in political elections. So, for example, I am the district chair for... Uh, a major political party, I won't say which one, uh, but uh, you can probably guess, uh, in my legislative district in Washington State. And uh, I'm also a candidate for a public elected office. And uh, uh, so... Uh, so why do that? I mean, is that a place that... I mean, politics is so messy. And I know you're talking about a city level or a county level. I, I mean, is that an appropriate place for Christ followers to invest their time? It's absolutely appropriate. In fact, it's not just appropriate; it's essential, and uh, not that, just appropriate, but essential. That's the very meaning of the word ecclesia. Ecclesia, the called out ones, the assembly, 
of uh, you know the the elders of of the the ones who are voting. You know that's what it was in ancient Greece, and that's in Rome, and that's the very idea that Jesus was capturing when he used that phrase. Uh, and the writers of the New Testament used that phrase to describe the church. It wasn't called the church. That was King James that went back and had the translators, you know, force them to use the word church. It was actually ekklesia is the, the word in Greek. And, uh, and it does mean the, act, the, the active engaged citizenry, you know, and that's really what the church is all mm. about. Uh, we're called to be, I mean, my goodness, uh, if you look back at American history, you had the Black Robe Regiment. So you had, you had pastors in the American Revolutionary War and, uh, you know, they would get up and preach on Sunday, and at the end of their sermon, they'd say they would take their robe off, and they'd be dressed in their military uniform and say, oh, by the way, uh, I'm enlisted, and, uh, you know, if you want to volunteer in my regiment, see me after service. <laughs> yeah. You know. And we've, and we've come a long way away from that in so many respects, because I think a lot of people, when they think about, you know, running for an elected position, um, People tend to think like, oh my goodness, that, that's too much hassle, too much time. Why would I want to do that? It's not going to you know, gain me anything. So what was it that God directed you to say that this is something that, um, Dr. Bruce Cook, you need to pursue? Well, you know, first of all, I had uh, a number of leaders that I respect in my county uh, asked me to serve. They asked. They said we would really like it if you would step up and uh, take leadership here in our legislative district. Uh, we, ha- I tell you, we we had a race last year where uh, we we had a, uh, uh, a a candidate who was a strong Christian uh, running for a uh, um, a highly visible uh, office in the state. And uh, a very liberal, extreme liberal, uh, socialist Hmm. uh, other candidate from uh, another party uh, was running against that person. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately, the extreme liberal socialist and a few other uh, adjectives that I won't say here uh, won by 100 votes. Mm. Wow. And uh, my goodness, uh, you know, we're... So we're, we we have to live with four years of uh, uh, you know just votes nonsensical legislation uh, you know wanting to strip away uh, private health care and mandates so you know uh, state health care it's just cr- crazy stuff mm-hmm. that uh, and if and if a hundred Christ followers more had come out that election had been totally different that's right so we the churches have to step up the ch- if the church if we we have a majority here in this nation in the US of uh, you know citizens who are self-professed self-proclaimed uh, Christians right. and believe followers and, and believers in Christ of all different persuasion Catholic evangelical charismatic just across the spectrum of Christianity and so if if the churches would simply step up, and vote, uh, you know, we would win every election, our conservative candidates. So. But we know that that's not going to happen, so let's go back. I mean, it's not it's not happened in the past. Excuse me, I'm not prophesying. I'm just saying it's not happened in the past. And it, part of it's been 
lack of education. Part of it's been a lack of the churches being willing to actually talk about political issues, period. Uh, they've stepped back. But let's, because let, we're not going to talk about political issues here, Dr. Bruce Cook, because um, it's too dangerous with Jim in the microphone. <laughs> and Martha's here. She can always rescue me. But you, so you're running for an office in your county in Washington State. Are you running opposed or unopposed? I'm running opposed. Okay. So how is your faith impacting how you're running a political uh, race? Well, it uh, it makes all the difference. Uh, first of all, I, I have peace. I you know I sleep at night when people tear my signs down. When people, uh, you know, steal my my uh, campaign yard mm-hmm. signs that I have at major intersections all throughout my you know my district. Uh, you know, I I immediately uh, forgive them and then bless them. You know, and uh, and I trust the Lord that. Uh, the name recognition uh, gets out, uh, you know, regardless of what, uh, you know, juvenile activists, you know, uh, and jealous people do, you know, because you have to have some thick skin if you're running for office. If you want, if you aspire to, to elective or public office, uh, yeah, you can't think, think, take things personally. You have to, uh, you know, uh, be willing to, you know, quickly forgive people, not take things personally. Not hold grudges because you have. It's all about again influence, and to have influence, you have to stay in relationship with people. You have to work with people that you don't always uh, agree with, uh, because you have to sometimes negotiate. You have to sometimes find ways to win on one issue, where you can have some trade-offs so that you can get legislation passed and enacted, and so you can have policy, uh, you know, enacted, and so you can actually have some uh, funding from tax, you know, tax revenues uh, that comes to your district. So. so, I mean, it's really all about, as you said, relationships. But in the in the world of pol- politics, it's social capital. I mean, you're developing social capital in order to benefit those you represent. You know, one way that you can easily and clearly distinguish yourself a- as a politician is simply to tell the truth. <laughs> so many elected officials lie to you. So many candidates running for office promise one thing, and then when they're elected, uh, they never deliver. You know, they go back on their word, or they change their mind, or you know, whatever. And and so, really, uh, if and this is one of the reasons that uh, so many conservatives and evangelicals are. Uh, continue to be uh, increasingly supportive of President Donald Trump is that he is consistently, uh, one by one, uh, working hard to deliver on his campaign promises. Yep, do what he says he was going to do, do. Do what he said he was going to do. I mean, that's pretty pretty, pretty simple, but sometimes hard to do. You know, those are really great um things to be really incorporating in every area of our life, but we so often it's tainted in the political arena. And so I just, I'm thinking about our listeners who, you know, maybe they have felt like there's something that they're supposed to do as a, um, you know, in their citizen role. And um, I just want to encourage people to really think about what are, what is God calling you to do? And then to do it in a way that is really going to lift up the biblical principles. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, Bruce, what you said. The only way to, the, the way to make them stand apart, just tell the truth. Yep. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't have to say it. it. Should be obvious, right? But you know, you shouldn't have to say it, but you have to say it. It's easier I mean, to keep track of stuff too if you always are telling the truth. And, you know, I I would encourage your listeners here, Jim and Martha, on I work for him. Uh, business people get involved in politics. They're not mutually exclusive. Uh, mm-hmm. Church people get involved in politics. They're not mutually exclusive. Uh, you know, and I think uh, politics. Faith and business are a good threefold cord that should not be easily uh, separated or, or un- unwoven, you know. And and it's natural for business people to want to take that next step and move into the political arena because they've already got the experience of understanding jobs, understanding the economy, understanding finance, understanding taxation, and uh and policy, right? And and so uh, uh, we need more uh, believers uh, in Christ and more business people uh, to step up and mm-hmm. and enter the political arena. Talking today with Dr. Bruce Cook. This broadcast made possible by a strategic partnership with this excellent TV show called God at Work. You could check it out online, God TV. Just go out to God TV, or if you got Dish, go to God TV. That's right. So, you know, Jim, I'm having this thought in my head. We're talking about having influence, and one of the ways that um, is really an amazing opportunity to share a biblical influence is through serving in a political um, arena, whether it be in your city level, county, whatever God might be calling somebody to. But I know a lot of people put little battles in their head, like, well, if I do this, then I can't do this. And one of the thoughts that I had was, you know, if I really feel like I'm going to supposed to run for some political office, I'm probably going to have to quit some of the volunteer stuff I do at church. And is that really okay? Dr. Bruce Cook, what do you think about that? Well, I, I, I think it all depends. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you're running for school. Spoken like a true politician. Yeah, <laughs> yep. well, let me answer your question by not answering. <laughs> <laughs> Some positions require more time than others. Mm-hmm. If you're running for school board or city council, those are very time-intensive positions. Yep. Yep. They're going to eat your lunch. On the other hand, if you're running for you know, a justice of the peace or fire commission, or, or maybe parks commissioner, parks commissioner weird like that, you know, or or uh, uh, you know things like that. Those are less intensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're not going to have three or four meetings a month. You're probably going to have one meeting a month, one board meeting a month, and uh, so it's more manageable. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, you know, I th- I think you have to look at you know all kinds of factors. You know, uh, how, how much spare time do you have? How many children do you have? You know, how strong is my marriage? Mm-hmm. So you want to be wise, you know, and uh, depends on your, your full-time work situation as well. Sure. You know? I guess maybe what I'm thinking is that may, some people may not think that it's the the service that God really has them called to. But um, what can we do? with? I mean, how is that working for the church? Well, here's what Jesus said about it. Jesus okay. said, for those that have given a cup of cold water in my name, you've given it to me. Yeah. For those that have... You know, clothe the the naked. You've done it unto me. For those that have visited, you know, the sick and the prisoners, you've done it unto me. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at politics. I think we have to expand our view from the traditional religion and church to the kingdom of God. Yeah. 
Uh, and the kingdom of God is all about serving others. It's all about touching the world. It's all about touching other people. It's all about spreading the love of Jesus and the culture of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. And that means uh, getting our heads dirty. It means uh, rolling up our sleeves. It means getting out of our, you know, uh, cocoons, our, our, you know, our homes and our four wall churches. Four, our four wall churches and going out into the communities. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. So let's talk about that. And I mean, I don't know, Martha, did you have a follow up? Because I want to make sure I didn't jump Oh, in front I'm of sure there's so much more, but no, I think that was good. Uh, the, the church has abdicated a lot of its influence in society, Bruce, in the last 60, 70 years. And yet you're talking about taking the influence of Christ into a, a, a political office because you're a Jesus follower. Wherever you go, your faith goes wherever you go. And your wisdom that you get from God is going to help you in this in this office. And it's not like, well, it is. You have an unfair advantage. You will know answers because you can access the wisdom and the blueprints from God. How do we start to grow? you got 30 seconds. How do we start to grow the church's influence, regrow it to where it should be as an influencer in mm-hmm. society? Wow, great question, Jim. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, take a, a shot here, but... Uh, uh, you know, I, I think we have to we have to start by uh, redefining uh, the definition of what a church is mm-hmm. and what its mission is. You know, our, our mission is Matthew twenty eight to disciple nations. How do we disciple nations? Well, we disciple our communities, we disciple our local, our neighborhoods, and our cities. Uh, you know, you have to do that before you get to the nations, and so we have to start at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to start with people we know. You know, we have to start with our families, our our uh, peers at work and our uh, our own school districts, our own uh, city councils. You know. And we'll find out how you do influence in your community on your election coming up. Thank you, Dr. Bruce Cook, for being mm-hmm. on I Work For Him today. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online iworkforhim.com. I Work, the number four, him.com.